Hello, I'm John Bates, and welcome to my podcast, Hope for Today, where I inspire to live with heavenly perspective and kingdom mindset. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Hope for Today. Um, I'm not John Bates. <laughs> I am his assistant, Nick Franklin. John is out of town today, and today we have my guest, Joe Odin. Super awesome. He uh, ministered at Freedom, and John said, we cannot allow Joe to leave until we get him on Hope for Today. So it is imperative, Nick, that we get him on the show. So he asked me to guest host and um, invited Joe as a guest on the show, and so we are super excited. Today, we're going to talk about hope for um, hope for revival, hope for awakening, and this show is broadcast all over the world, um, and today, I, I know we're going to focus a little bit on America, but also the nations as yeah, a whole. So, yeah. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Honored. I just want to um, uh, allow you to introduce yourself, tell the people who you are, what you do, where you are, give us... Uh, the Joe Odin. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. It's an honor to be here, man. Love Pastor John. Love Freedom Fellowship. Uh, you know, I, I serve as an evangelist in the United States of America, and I am the newly appointed prayer and evangelism director for the Assemblies of God, awesome. which entails overseeing the World Prayer Center. Um, I uh, do do many other things as well, but that's what I'm doing right now, man. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's been cool. Um, I mean, my whole life, I've known about you, about who you are. I remember, I think my dad, if I'm not mistaken, brought you out to our church one time as mm -hmm. a guest. My dad's a pastor in Southlake. And um, I mean, it's cool because a lot of times I think people uh, have had this negative understanding of traveling evangelists that, oh, they're one person on the stage and then another person off the stage. And you showed in such an incredible way you're the same person, whether you're at Walmart, whether you're on a stage in front of people, whether you're at a church or in front of pastors or in front of, um, you know, a big crowd, you are the same person, Joe Odin, no matter what. And so I've always appreciated you. Um, haven't really got to know you personally, but have a lot of family that know you and love you. And so I'm just, I'm super excited about today. Um, thank you for being with us. And I just want to get into a little bit of your story of how you came to know Christ, but then also um, you have a deep desire and passion for revival, for lost people. Um, you have a desire to see people truly operate in who they are in Christ. And I think, um, I mean, you've kind of preached about it today of saying, hey, we're not just about uh, what we know, but we're about who we are and how we can act on the things that God has called us to, yeah. to preach the gospel, to see people get healed. So tell us a little bit about um, how you came to where you are and where that passion comes from. Yeah. You know, um, as I shared today, having always been saved, I was a drug addict, drug dealer, addicted to everything that goes along with that lifestyle, and really came to faith through, you know, a lot of people, when we think of evangelism, mm -hmm. we think of a power story, somebody getting delivered, preaching the gospel on the street, and somebody getting set free of heroin. Uh, but most people, uh, do not get saved the very first time they hear the gospel. Wow. And and we have a false dichotomy in the church to where we engrandize these power testimonies, but we don't celebrate someone praying for someone at Walmart yeah. or just sharing the gospel and getting rejected. Because on the outside, I looked like the person that would reject Jesus, that wanting nothing to do with God, but it was totally opposite on the inside. Wow. I was tripping on LSD 
turned on TBN, had an encounter with God, got sober, and, and called to be an evangelist in that moment. Hmm. And although I continued to do drugs, deal drugs, even get worse than I'd ever been before, uh, I was a candidate, and the seed uh, was being watered, it was being provoked, it was being nurtured. And so um, later, uh, long story short, I, I got arrested for drugs, court-ordered by the law to go to church. A team from Brownsville came, got la- radically delivered, wow. set free, hit by the power of God, uh, got up, uh, totally delivered, never drank again, quit mm-hmm. doing drugs, broke up with a girl I was living immoral with, and got totally set free. But it started in an embryonic encounter watching TBN. Wow. And we should never discount the power of a scripture spoken, somebody laying hands on them, someone to be healed, mm. a kind word, a church invitation, because we're never going to get a harvest yeah. unless we plant seeds. Yeah. And in America, I think we've repped all we're going to reap until it's a day to plant. Mm. And I, I really believe this, Nick. I believe it's going to be an expedited time of sowing, wow. we're going to see a quick harvest, yeah. I believe, because America and the, and the world has has really losing their minds right now. <laughs> yeah. And we don't need a good church service, yeah. although we need those. We don't need another church plant, although I'm all for church planting. Yeah. We need an awakening mm. like the Hebrides revival yeah. when God descended on a region and people at 2 o'clock in the morning started coming out of their houses and being awakened by the presence of God. Wow. We need that in America today. Yeah, yeah. So talking about awakening, um, you mentioned the Brownsville Revival. Uh, my parents used to youth pastor in a little town called Tampa, just north of Orlando, and I remember they would take people to the Brownsville Revival and would go to the Brownsville Revival, were so impacted, were marked, um, and I, I, I've done some research on that revival. I think it was something crazy, like a couple million people came through yeah. the revival over the course of that time. So many evangelists, so many people were called, healed, so many awesome things. I mean, it, it had like national you know, news coverage, yeah. and it was a huge deal. Where do you think something like that starts? So when we talk about an awakening happening in America— where does that start? Does it start in the hearts of people? Does it start in a collective group? Um, how, where do you think that spark comes from? That is a great question, Nick. I was just writing a paper on revival, mm. and I had the privilege to interview uh, several of the leaders of the revival. One was Pastor John Kilpatrick. Wow, that's he, awesome. And, and, and this is what he said. He became very sober in his speech. He said, Joe, remember this. Revival always starts with a man. Wow. It always starts with an individual mm. becoming desperate and coming to a place that they will not be satisfied with anything less wow. than a full manifestation of God. So so J- Pastor John led Brownsville into a season of prayer, mm. but there was a man living in Lindale, Texas, by the name of Steve Hill yeah. that was being a lot of people don't know this story. Hmm. He was being discipled by Leonard Ravenhill. Wow. And Leonard Raven, he moved to Lindale, Texas to be discipled by him. And Leonard would call him at four o'clock in the morning. This this would be the, the, the call. Uh what are you doing, Steve? <laughs> four o'clock in the morning. 
Lynn, I'm I'm sleeping. And then Leonard would hang up the phone. Oh no. And set right before he did, he'd say, I thought you wanted revival. Bam, and hang oh, up on Oh my him. gosh. <laughs> so every day now I'm not saying you gotta get up at four yeah. AM, but Leonard was being used by God as a holy provocation. Yeah. Next day, what are you doing, Steve? Sleeping. Click. About a week into this, same thing. What are you doing, Steve? Sleeping. Steve, I've been up all night. Oh my gosh. Praying for you for eight hours <laughs> that God would use you. He asked his wife, Martha, hmm. is that true? Yes, Steve, it's true. I heard him in his office all night crying your name out. Wow. Steve begins to get up at 4 a.m. And the Spirit of the Lord came on him. Yeah. A lot of people don't know this. During the Brownsville revival, Steve Hill prayed seven hours a day. Wow. He preached every night yeah. till one in the morning. Hmm. Every day of the revival, you'd say, he got up at eight. You might say, oh, he slept in. No, if you get home at three o'clock in the morning from laying hands on people hmm. and praying for 5,000 people, you know, eight's pretty early. Yeah. He would pray and study from eight to two every day, wow. take a nap, get up at four, pray from four to five and go to the revival. Wow. The Brownsville revival, make no mistake about it, was birthed by prayer, hmm. sustained by prayer. And if we're going to see another one, yeah, we, we don't just need a Brownsville. Hmm. Thank God yeah. for Brownsville. I, yeah. was, I went to school there. I was mentored by Steve Hill. We don't need a brown. We need about 800 of them. Yeah. We need an awakening. Mm. And it's only going to be preceded by prayer. Yeah. The church must fall to her face once again. Mm. Uh, America doesn't need another good sermon, another TBN broadcast. America needs the sovereign presence of God to descend. The altar's got to have a sacrifice on it. Yeah. And the sacrifices, we've got to become a sacrifice of prayer once again. Hmm. That's so powerful. It's I think even as you're talking, I, I keep thinking about Lindale, Texas. Um, I didn't know that Steve Hill was from Lindale. I've been to Lindale a number of times. There's a, there's a, little, there's a church out there. And Lindale is kind of like one of those little itty-bitty Texas towns you don't know about. And most of the people listening have probably never even heard of Lindale. And yet, to me, it just shows, doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what your background is, where you live, God can use you. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that for a second, that revival and the awakening, that fire starts in a man, a woman. It starts in an individual. And we might have people watching all over the world. Maybe you're in Texas. Maybe you're in Africa. Maybe you're in Pakistan right now. God can use you. Um, and do you, would you have anything to say to someone like that? That's just thinking, Hey, I'm, I'm a nobody in a nobody town. What could God really do through me? What would you say to them? Yeah, that's a great question. Revival is no, uh, it, it doesn't discriminate. Mm. I mean, just, just think about this. I bring it back, you know, the context of America, which modern day Pentecostalism is look back to Bonnie Bray Street. Yeah. Now, now, sometimes we forget um, that God picked, and imagine this, the context of the history of America. Mm -hmm. Racism, 
Wow. In the early 1900s, yeah. 1906, I'm telling you, racism, you think racism is bad now. Yeah. It was explicit Jim Crow laws, yeah. uh, persecution, hmm. and God took a marginalized, <laughs> half-blind yeah. African-American man that was praying with two elderly ladies five to seven hours a day for revival. Wow. I'm telling you. It is not hyperbole. It's not a metaphor. Mm. God answers hunger. Wow. This man was hunger for God. And, you know, today's marketing campaigns, mm. I'm all about Facebook, Twitter, marketing, but the way God markets is antithetical and it contrasts the way most marketing is done today. Yeah, that's true. God's marketing campaign yeah. was, I'm going to send the visible glory of God hmm. to Bonnie Bray Street wow. to where sinner and saint could watch it, walk in and see the glory of God. That's a lot more powerful than a cutting-edge video that we put on Facebook. Yeah, the glory, The manifest glory of God. Kids would play hide-and-seek in the glory for two years at Azusa Street. <laughs> That's awesome. It was either faint yeah. or it was thick, Wow! but it could always be seen. Mm. And it wasn't what we think of revival in America, a nightly meeting at 7 o'clock. It was yeah. 24 hours a day, Yeah, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It never stopped for two years, mm. the glory of the Lord. And it's my prayer that for me, mm -hmm. for leaders— for church people, that God would put a holy provocation in us yeah. that we would not turn off the news in disgust, mm. but we'd turn off the news and get on our face yeah. and say, God, awaken yeah. America, awaken the world, awaken a nation. Yeah. God, grip us. Mm. You know, where I, I look, I look at America and I look at the world, I don't have a context for whoever who all's in Africa because there might be some of these are China yeah. or Argentina yeah but where are the Leonard Ravenhills yeah the Smith Wigglesworth the William Seymours that we can point to and say that's a man of God yeah. that the sovereign hand of God is on there was one still left in America that had a global impact but he's gone and his name was Reinhard Bonnke yep oh yeah so i mean as uh, i'm 45 years of age and I'm looking to the left, and I'm looking to the right, and I'm saying, where where are the the you know the mm. Duncan Campbells and the William Seymours? Yeah. Where are the Charles Finney, John Wesley, George Whitfields? Yeah, and they all have one thing in common: they're all gone. Wow, they're passed away. They've run their race, but their mantle's on the ground. Elisha caught Elijah's. Yeah. And I believe there are mantles that are laying on the ground that you don't have to be a good preacher, a good communicator. You, you don't have to have gone to Bible college. You don't have to have a church background. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to have a nice shirt. Hmm. You need to be hungry and provoked yeah. that God wants to use you. And I just say, I just say to somebody that's watching this right now, I'm telling you, there's a mantle on the ground and he's looking for somebody to pick it up wow. and it's got your name on it. Smith Wigglesworth is gone. Catherine Kuhlman's dead. These people are no longer with us, but but God still wants yeah. what they had to manifest on the earth. 
and I believe it's going to come through hunger yeah. and 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 an unsatisfaction with where we're at. That's awesome. Joe, I, I, I love that, and I think it's cool because we have people watching right now, and I think they might be in a place of like, I love and want this to happen. Where does that hunger come from? And could we pray for people now watching saying, man, I want that hunger. I, I want that desire. Um, and maybe just don't know where to get started. And so I, I want to pray for people who have and want and desire that hunger, but also um, would love to talk real quick, just practical things that they could start doing now, whether it's praying for somebody at Walmart, whether it's inviting them to church. What are some of those first steps that you say, hey, we have the hunger, we're praying, here's what you go do, some practical things to go do? You know, for me, right after I got saved, I didn't know Acts 1-8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a witness. I didn't know Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim. I, did, I didn't know any of this. Yeah. I didn't understand the theology as Jesus prayed, heaven opened and the Spirit descended upon him. I didn't know Acts 2, the disciples are devoted to prayer, the Spirit comes on them. <clears throat> but I had a burden to pray. Wow. And here's what I'd say, Nick. By the grace of God, I submitted to it. Hmm. I submitted to that burden to pray. Yeah. And I remember if, if someone says, Joe, where did your ministry start? at the corner of Conception and Constance Street in an area that was known for alternative lifestyles, pimps, prostitutes, and crack dealers. At a chain link fence by myself, I would weep and look at the people walk back and forth and say, God, use me to see the captive set free. Yeah. It started from a place of prayer. I mean, so I would say you don't need a Bible degree. You just need to go to your prayer closet and shut the door. And even if you don't know what to pray, yeah. just say, God, m maybe you don't have a burden for the lost. Yeah. Maybe you don't have a burden to see people healed. Maybe you're satisfied with where you're at. Just begin to ask God to put a holy dissatisfaction in you yeah. and to move you. I mean, if, if someone raises the dead, if someone prays eight hours a day, yeah. if someone... Uh, has an anointing to heal the blind eye, blind eyes, that's a grace of God yeah. on them that the real definition of grace is the empowerment of the Spirit to fulfill the will that, uh, the will of God that God has given a person. Awesome. So, so when you see this, don't be discouraged. They're operating in the grace that God has given them. Yeah. It's not that they're some euphoric individual. They've submitted yeah. to the voice of the Lord and the Spirit is empowering them. Hmm. So I want to say to you that are listening right now, there's a call of God on your life. Amen. And it, it, you might be a lawyer, but God wants to empower you for mission. Wow. Maybe maybe there's a call of God on you to be a, a pastor, an evangelist, a prophet. God wants to empower you for that mission, and it starts from the place of prayer. That's awesome. Joe, you are so contagious, man. <laughs> it's cool to to hang out with you, to talk with you, see you preach and minister. And you can't help but listen to be next to you and just be so inspired. And I mean, this reminds me of my days when I was back at, at high school, Byron Nelson High School up in Trophy Club, Texas. Um, me and some of my friends just had this desire to reach our campus. And um, 
did some events, but did some like kind of evangelism like you're talking about. And it takes me back to those days when I was so hungry to see the people around me get saved. And I think sometimes we get caught up in this little bubble of our work and our family and church that we lose sight. And even as we're talking, like, man, when was the last time I I had a meaningful encounter with someone who doesn't know Jesus? When was the last time that I had that desire in me and myself to see the world around me totally influence it? So I just want to encourage you and thank you so much for who you are, what you do, your ministry. And even today you were talking in service about how you want to influence the atmosphere in the world around you. And you've just done that in me and the thousands of people that watch this around mm-hmm. the world. Um, and so I just want to say thank you. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the anointing and the obedience to God that you carry. Um, we're super excited. Um, as we close out, I just want to say, Joe, where can people find you? I know you've got some books. I know you've got yeah. um, some ministries. Where can people find you, hear you, listen to you, and, and get to know more about you? Yeah. Nick, before we do that, yeah. can I pray? Absolutely. Let, 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 me, let me just pray awesome. before we close. Lord, I thank you for the people that are watching this right now. Lord, even some that were just going to tune in, maybe they saw Pastor John's not there, and, and they were excited to hear him and uh, a couple of new faces, but they stayed. And people have stayed longer than they thought they were going to stay. Holy Spirit in Pakistan, in Russia, in Africa, in Louisville, Kentucky. May the Spirit of the Lord come. May a holy provocation come to all those that are listening right now. The seed of awakening. Hmm. God, let it go in their soul, God. The Lord's, I'm telling you, the Lord is saying awakening. I haven't, I, I got saved at a revival in 97, and I've never ran around talking about awakening except for the last month. God's saying it right now. God's saying it. There's an awakening coming to the United States of America, to the world. In Jesus' name, before the trumpet blows, there's going to be a harvest. There's going to be a harvest, says the Lord. There's going to be a bride. Lord, provoke your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. you, You can find me. Joe Oden Ministries, O-D-E-N, JoeOdenMinistries.com. We've got books on on mobilization, power evangelism, relational evangelism, how to reach people for Christ, how to operate in the power of God. Uh, If you have a heart for that, we've got resources, joeodenministries.com. If we can be a blessing to you, reach out to us. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much, Joe, for being here. Thank you guys for joining us on Hope for Today with uh, special guest Joe Oden and guest host, yours truly, Nick Franklin. We are so honored that you guys would stay with us and watch us. And um, I hope that you're as encouraged as I am. Joe, you've marked us today, seriously. And um, I'm so inspired, man. I know the people watching are as well. Amen. Thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Hope for Today with John Bates. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes wherever you listen. You can connect with John through Facebook, Instagram, and at johnbatesministries.com. Have a blessed day.